0: Hi, welcome to Parenting the Edlerian Way. I'm your host, Edlerian Family Counselor and Parenting Expert Allison Schaefer. Each week, I answer your burning parenting questions to help reduce the stress of parenting one tip at a time. We'll explore Edlerian psychology together and learn methods of child guidance for raising a happy, confident, capable, resilient child. Hi, it's Allison. Welcome back to the podcast. Oh, I have such a special treat for you today. Not only for you, but for me too, because I'm going to be interviewing and talking about a very important topic with my friend Valerie T. So I'm going to read her bio, but then I'm going to throw in a little personal promotion of her myself. So Valerie T understands that parents feel frustrated by the gap between who they want to be as a parent and then the day to day reality of parenting. So, at Joyful Coaching, she provides shame-free courses and customized coaching so that parents can become the calm and confident parents they've always pictured themselves to be. Valerie transforms outdated parenting paradigms into research-based, positive discipline frameworks based on the latest brain science, the Enneagram, and best practices. She has over 25 years of experience as a speaker Presenter and facilitator of retreats and educational workshops. She is a trained art therapist and a certified teacher. She's a certified happiness coach, which is a program that's taught by Dr. Robert Holden, as seen on Oprah. And is also a Rizzo hudson enneagram institute certified enneagram coach i think it's enneagram she's going to correct me on that i know it (laughs) Um, and but to know with honor standing i mean she has trained right under these direct people she's way up there with those folks she's also accredited with the international enneagram association and has presented her talk ignite your inner essence parent move from reactive to responsive parenting at this year's global enneagram conference Valerie and her husband have two boys. They are 14 and 10, and her youngest son has Down syndrome. She also enjoys advocating for people with disabilities and is passionate about building community, spreading kindness, and choosing joy. On top of that, we were just chatting before kicking off this interview, and I said, Barnon, you are the most interesting person. This is such a partial, it's such a rich, deep, clearly accomplished introduction and it doesn't even scratch the surface of the things that are interesting about where you've lived in the world um you've you've packed three lifetimes into one lifetime and you are a generous friend and i have so enjoyed getting to know you more and more over the years and watch how you're taking your thirst for knowledge and staying on the cutting edge of things And translating them into the parent space and making so many things available for parents, Um, I, I adore you, respect you, and I'm so excited for you and for what you offer parents.
3: Oh, Allison, that is so sweet, and the love affair is mutual because when I was with my eldest as a little baby, I watched your TV show the whole time. I almost called in a few times, and I've read all your books and done most of your courses and workshops, and I feel like you've raised my kids so. Hearing that from you is such a delight
0: and an honor and just blows me away. Well, today, you know, here we are, people that have to support parents and one of the biggest newcomers that is challenging parents. It's coming up in my, you know, counseling work. I am sure that it's coming up with your coursework we've got this new thing to get our heads around. I mean, it used to be the conversation was about how do I manage tech time and when do I take the phone away? And that really dominated the conversation for quite a long time. But now we have this newcomer to the platform and I don't think we've given it enough time consideration and conversation, which is artificial intelligence, AI. And you've delved into this and your kids are right at the age where this is front, front and foremost in their lives, whereas my kids are older. So I'm really interested in in, in your your take on this. And I think we're kind of like-minded in terms of being a little bit geeky. Would you call yourself geeky? Are you nerdy? Are Absolutely. You geeky? Geek chic. Geek chic. <laughs> so why don't we, maybe I'll just toss this over to you before we get into the parenting aspects for those people who may not be up to speed. Can you just say a little bit of like, what is artificial intelligence? Like just let's just do like the basic 101 groundwork and then we'll sculpt it into what that means for families. Yeah, it's
3: been slowly creeping in, you know, it's that bot that's answering the service calls when you're trying to do something on, you know, get some help somewhere. you know, you don't have a person. there's there might be a bot there answering your questions or we ask Alexa to turn on the TV. I mean, it's very pervasive everywhere. In our lives right now, and we might not even realize that uh, computers and programs are taking the place of of people to have tasks done for them. So uh, they can be helpful and efficient, uh, but it it was slowly creeping, and now it's coming like a tsunami. It's everywhere.
0: It, yeah, it's interesting, you know, because I think uh, to your point, a lot of people don't understand that that artificial intelligence that is so sleek feels so seamless that it's like oh well I just thought that was just like my app was just it just does that without realizing look at what they had to calculate look at what was behind that like look at the mm-hmm. ingenuity or shopping
3: you know you're talking to someone and suddenly an advertisement for that shows up on your phone like it's
0: everywhere. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I really need to let somebody know that I already bought the planter. Stop sending me the ads. can <laughs> get an artificial intelligence. Let them know. Hey, Wayfair, I made the purchase. <laughs> I bought yes. it somewhere else. Stop, stop with the planter ads. Yeah. Um, it, yeah so it, it really is everywhere. And it's, so it, this is a big conversation for adults. But we're specifically working in the realm of what does this mean for us as parents and and, and for us in, in family life? And what do we need to know around this with our kids? And um, okay. so are you generally ai positive ai negative it's gonna it's gonna kill the world uh you know this is you know hell doomsday coming really quickly or are you like best thing ever i love that my sentences autofill now and i can just hit return and half my sentence is written for me i mean where where are you on that continuum? i, I think i'm
3: somewhere in the middle on the continuum um and also i have concerns I don't know what this means for children's development, what skills they might be missing. But I also, you know, I have a child with a disability. I can also see potentiality, like where this might help him as a learner and be supportive. So I I feel like, you know, it's like anything, like fire, <laughs> fire can burn it all down. Fire can also keep us warm, cook our food. So I think it's a tool that could be misused and harmful or it could be helpful. And I think um, it's so important to have uh, values and
0: infrastructure to help us guide how we're going to use that tool. I 100% agree with you. And I like that analogy and I've done it with fire nuclear, you know, is it, is it a nuclear bomb or is it nuclear medicine that's curing cancer? Right. It's the application. And, um, and I think the part that scares me a little bit more with, with the artificial intelligence, um, is, that um there's so much that goes on behind the scenes that we're unaware of mm-hmm. and and the average person i feel is not up to speed and maybe making poor choices or not taking enough control over their environment because mm-hmm. they're ignorant of it infiltrating them as you say so yeah. i do feel so can you you've got some pretty s- scary statistics about <laughs> given that it is yeah. In lives. yeah can you share so. some of those statistics for parents
3: Well, an excellent resource, Common Sense Media, if parents aren't getting that newsletter, I really recommend it. But they did a poll that showed that 58% of young people between 12 and 18 were using chat GPT or had used it, and only 30% of parents. And of those 30% of parents who had, many were unaware that their children were using chat GPT or that it was even at school or... So I think parents are really lagging behind young people in terms of using AI technology. And um, I also just watched, I can't remember where I watched it, but I watched a show about how AI gets into our mind psychologically. So, you know, even like, oh, I'm thinking about Instagram, like as I'm walking down the path, is this an Instagram worthy picture, (laughs) right? Or or like I'm starting to think of the virtual world, becoming part of my inner psychology so that's also uh something that i find alarming
0: yeah do you follow tristan harris from the center for for humane design or humane technology yeah. humane no. design oh, oh 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 i will put that in the show notes and i'm excited okay. to tell you about him but he was the one that wrote, he he uh was the ethicist at google he left oh, yes yeah and then he left and uh and he wrote the um the social dilemma and yes. uh so, so he he is continuing to advocate for the interface between humans for the well-being of humanity and yeah. the design that goes on behind, which, of course, AI is like, you know, so he's working on TED Talks and things like that that I so I yes. follow him, and I really trust his opinion on these things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've played around. i'd lo- I'd love to hear a you got, like so for me, here I, I don't use it heavily, but but here's where when I jumped on. Um, all right. So I'm I, I'm writing a um, descriptor of one of my workshops for one of my corporate clients. And so I write it my first time and then I put it out to ChatGPT so that they can like improve it. And I was like, yeah. So not only did it improve it but it taught me why mine was weaker in the first place. So I understood I I was learning. So my writing skills got better because when Mm -hmm. I looked at how they had changed my original content, it gave me, I, I, I grew how to sell something better. Um, So I've certainly benefited from educationally. You know, and I sent it over to the client saying, here's my original version. Here's the one put through chat GPT. Should we work together and co-edit this and get the final version that we all agree with? So Mm -hmm. I've done that. The second thing that I did with chat GPT is because I know that it curates information from the World Wide Web and it means it has to be published somewhere and it's going to prioritize where it's grabbing from. And so I wanted to know if Adlerian parenting ideas were the dominant ideology so that if they were, if somebody types in, should I spank my kids, is it going to grab from like, where are we as a society? Do most of these pages say, don't spank your kids, it's bad for you. And Mm -hmm. yay, all the Adlerian positive discipline stuff was right. That's what it came back. And even when I put it through, there's one where you, I don't know if you know this, you can, you can pick like a person. So you can say, what would Alfred Adler say about X, Y, and Z, and then it'll come back with an answer because it puts it through the mind. You know, you can say, well, Mm. what would Albert Einstein say about recycling or, you know, which I think is another fascinating piece behind it. So I was very thrilled that the parenting that we are trying to move those old paradigms into more research-based, we're, we're there, we're, we're, we are, we're in those feeds.
3: Um, I love it. I, I use it for my business too in that I I put, explain it to me like a six-year-old. <laughs> and then I see, oh, there's a couple points that maybe I missed of what would be really helpful to help bring that point across about why spanking might not be great. I might've missed missed a key feature
0: that that would be really helpful. And, you know, again, for parents, explain it like a six-year-old. You gotta remember, like, even the New York Times and the Washington Post, they're writing to, like, I think a grade nine level. Even, mm-hmm. even like, so they we need to communicate with the lay population. I think, yeah, you confuse, you lose. So you yeah, got to right.
3: We need clarity. We need clarity. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So, um, so let's, let's go through, we have a wonderful, I say we listen to me jumping on your coattails. <laughs> no, <laughs> Valerie <laughs> created a really lovely document that will be downloadable. That is giving away her best tips that we're going to review right now. So um, don't, feel that you need to like scribble with pen and paper listen along know that at the end of this interview we're going to put a link up you can download the summary of these and you can bring these up with your kids and with your partner and and have them as takeaways cuz you're not going to get all of them done tomorrow that's for sure you're going to want to revisit these um but let's start at the top of this uh cuz we're kind of there which is your number one tip here is learn about ai and we kind of kicked off like we're learning we're talking you and i are exploring i'm no way near the end of of it but you know what's your yeah get it get in on that chat gpt
3: try it out google some ways of what what are some ways to use chat gpt in effective ways how could it be helpful and then i think when you get right in there with it then you can start deciding where's your moral ground like are you going like in terms of a scale of morality and what's right for your family is using it just to spark some creativity but i write my own and i use my voice or is it to be more efficient? And I, like, right, there's a scale of where we're comfortable of using artificial intelligence. And I think we need to get right in there and decide where is our moral ground.
0: So so I know that parents are kind of like, oh, the kids are way ahead of this. But, you know, we we, we said that with so many other things, too, where we don't have to be the 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 expert. We don't have to be like writing code. You know what I mean? I think no. parents feel like they have to know everything. They they they. I think they get overwhelmed. They're like, oh, I don't even care about this stuff. But it it doesn't have to be get a PhD in artificial intelligence or you can't raise kids in today's modern society, right? Like this no. Is- but I I have so much empathy
3: around that fear. I mean, I'll speak for myself. When I first like, I'm not super tech savvy. So when it was coming like a tsunami, I just kind of wanted to put my head, the cover over my heads and oh, please make it go away and please make my kids not interested in this. Some <laughs> God out there help with that. Um, that was my first impulse. My second impulse was let's shut her down, <laughs> you know, like no ch- chibi, t- like those are my first impulses, you know, and after I calm myself down because th- that's fear, right? I- I'm afraid of this new thing that's coming like a fire hose um and once i calm myself down it's like okay this is something i don't know but i do know adlerian principles i do know positive discipline principles i know ways to solve problems with my kids so i'm just going to apply that to this situation so that i can respond in a way that's helpful instead of react in a way where i'm freaked out i'm freaking myself out you know
0: and and you know one of those principles that i that that i love is, um, you know, we are called as parents to prepare our children for the life in which they will be joining and not to clean up life um, so so that the kid that we raised, you know, um, can manage. Uh, it's much more the other way around getting them prepared for life's realities right and this is one Mm -hmm. of life's realities and so you know what does that look like so what's this new what's this new call call to be um to investigate and and that brings me to your second point and uh, you know moving from what you said like the the first guttural thing for parents is no shut it down the fearful and you say get curious instead of furious so say more about that Yeah.
3: So after I like, you know, hyperventilated into a paper bag and decided, (laughs) okay, okay, I need to go explore this because here it is. Um, So I asked our eldest son, you know, tell me what you know about AI. I'm just learning about it, like kind of acting a bit like I don't know anything. And uh, he opened the door, showed me all the things they're using at school, even like apps in, in creating art and some really cool stuff. I was actually really blown away with how knowledgeable he was. So it really opened the door to have a lot of heartfelt conversations with him around that. And what do you think about this? And um, I just was really impressed with his maturity and his understanding and things that he'd considered that I didn't think maybe he had considered.
0: And you know, again, I'm gonna I'll, I'm gonna tie it back to Adlerian psychology because again, a lot of people are like, "What does this old white dude from turn of the century know anything about what's going on with families today?" But it's such a principle based psychology and philosophy for living that it's like it's universal and it can apply to so many things, right? So if we if one of the Adlerian principles is about social equality and that parents should be in mutually respectful relationships and not in superior inferior arrangements with their children and that is really scary for parents because we think we have to know more be ahead of them you know and in fact this would be one of those examples where the kids might actually have a little bit more knowledge and to be vulnerable and to say you know more you bring that gift to the family teach me show me um and and to be open and willing to say oh you have something really important that i don't know about that just increases a child's sense of value importance um it's that's to me such a, a level a leveler of the social equality piece that you know that it's an opportunity because once a way can have, to
3: connect build trust yeah. there's
0: so many benefits there yeah and of course, and parents are like oh you know I have to go off and become an expert before I can proceed and I'm like no be say I don't know I'm curious you know more this is about like oh that's a total opportunity for a relationship win there yeah and it has been it's been a real great way for us to connect yeah yeah conversation starter you also say start young so because, of course, now okay, you you said in your bio, your kids are 10 and 14. Mine are like 28 and 29, about to roll over to 30. But we were a tech savvy family. Their dad was like kind of like the pioneer of the Canadian Internet. He wrote the code, the the laws for marketing to children. Um, you know, he, he, he still loves tech. If there's something new, he's getting it. We've always been tech positive. And our kids have been at the head of the ahead of their friends in terms of having technology. Um, and have always respected it and had great enthusiasm and love for it. But but we we threw them in early to everything. I, I'm sure mm-hmm. commonsensemedia.org, because they do have guidelines for when, you know, what's an appropriate age and, you know, things like that. And we we probably broke some guidelines by airing on the side of early as opposed to later, just because of our own family and because we had a real tech head that kind of knew how to keep our Knew, knew the behind the scenes, you know, um, mm-hmm. but I a hundred percent think that we benefited from that because I've, um, in our particular case, when kids are young, they're still really curious and they'll still really, you still really have their ear. I find mm-hmm. if you start late, you've kind of missed the boat and they're like, why me? Why now? Why, you know, like it, it almost feels like you're moving them back in time and there can be a hostility, about yeah. that. Right. Yeah. hundred
3: percent. Right? It's just if like been, teaching about sexuality or yeah. learning our body and consent. We do that starting very young. It's a similar thing. It goes in. It's not a one and done. Right. It's it's like we gradually scaffold according to their maturity and understanding. Yeah. If so you we start, could start. Oh, sorry. Sorry. No, no. I'm just
0: saying like, if you if, I just love the example of sex, right? These complex things that layer like and money and whatever. But think about this, parents. If the first time you talk about sex is when you have a 16 year old boy who's going on a date on Friday night, he's going to say, what, what, why, why are you accusing me? What do you think I'm doing? Because he's right in it. But if you start talking about sex when your kids are four or five and you're at the farm and there's a goat mounting another goat and you start the conversation, you know what I mean? By the time you get to 16, you're well ensconced in this conversation. They know that you're cool. You know, you can ask questions. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it, you know, the next level of sophistication, you've already proven yourself as being a reliable source that isn't going to be judgmental. Like, I I think, yeah, start with 100%, the start 100%. Start with the young. So and what would start it look like with AI? What would, I mean, give me. Yeah, with people. like a
3: little kid, you could say, um, you know, I know that Siri tells you great knock-knock jokes, she's not a person, right? Or like, Alexa may turn on your favorite TV show or song, she's not a person. So starting to get them to understand what is AI, it's not a person. It's not a human with emotions and those nuances. It's, you know, a computer. It's a program.
0: You know, even as you say that, I was thinking about how many people have seen little toddlers use their fingers to try to expand the TV screen because they've grown up on iPads. Do you know what I mean? And so- so and so we think that it's intuitive, but we forget this is a young developing mind. And that if you did, there isn't actually a little person inside that microphone because young minds don't know. Of course, they yeah. would make the assumption that there's a real person back there, right? Yeah. So it's s- simple, but I can see how that could be forgotten if you didn't put conscious attention to it.
3: Yeah. And it's important that they know that's not their friend. That's not right. Like it's, it's, Yeah just to have that clarity and starting young with some of those key concepts.
1: Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door.
2: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today.
0: I love this next one. Teach values over rules. Rules
3: have loopholes. You say no chat GPT mom, I'm gonna use this other app, right? And my am I to that point, our son told us that chat GPT is banned out of school and the kids just use other other technology for the same thing. So rules have loopholes. Values, if we um have values that we're teaching around something, then when a kid's in a situation that's unknown or unfamiliar, then they have those integrated values to draw upon versus like. Oh, I'm not allowed Chat GPT, so I guess I'm allowed this other thing.
0: Yeah, I was. I I think that particularly comes up around for me, for me, anyways. the 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 first example comes up around education, where you think, you know, you could take a, you could take a shortcut, you know, you could, but who, but who, who really loses? You know, it's it's not about getting the A; it's about being a learner. It's about developing yeah. yourself. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah.
3: And also, I think for those educators, like trying to keep the rules in line, you know, I, just out of curiosity, I put one in my papers that I got honors for it, at the Enneagram Institute through one of those screeners. And it I wrote that by myself and it put like 80% of it was co- made through ChatGPT. It was before I'd even heard of ChatGPT. Oh, so that wow. was very interesting to me that it was so inaccurate. And then we put something through that did, we did use ChatGPT and only captured maybe 20% of it. Uh, So, I mean, maybe there's better technology, but even to just kind of enforce the rules is going to be next to impossible. So we have to really uh, look at the values. And with ChatGPT in particular, it's not meant for young people. And there are some uh, placeholders there to help make it safe, but you can jailbreak those. It's easy to you know, you have a, a savvy kid, they'll figure out how to work around those, those uh, infrastructures of chat GPT. Yeah.
0: Well, I think, and that's where, again, when, whenever it's something new comes along and you can talk about all the pros and cons. So, you know, everyone's go, oh, they're gonna be plagiarizing and this and that, whatever, you know, but on the positive side, um, you know, I think there's something to be said for the fact that maybe the classic way of assessing a child's comprehension needs to change. And maybe we move away from, from um, a a rote handed in paper to sitting and having a conversation and maybe classrooms become more, and you're a classroom teacher, more dynamic. I am sure that you can look around your classroom and and have a pretty good uh, understanding of what little Tammy or Tommy is understanding in your class, because you've been sitting at their desk. You've been seeing when they raise their hands, you've asked them direct questions. And, you know, if, if, if classrooms because you know I've, I've got real problems with the education system. If this yeah. if this called on us to to do more mentorship and more conversations and more hands on and more experiential, and mm-hmm. less on this go home download these slides and send me back an essay. Yeah, I think that would be an improvement.
2: And you that know? is
3: how un- some universities and colleges are handling this situation. Yeah. They're having people show learn learning in more innovative ways, and which I think, to your point, are. Are showing a higher level of learning.
0: Yeah, and there are certain things where I think we have to listen to the kids. Where they're like, "Why are you making me memorize the you know where the border is between the plains of Abraham and the whatever?" I you know at any time I can just go online and find that. Like yeah, right. That teaching yeah. teaching kids how to be more creative. You know, all the every, everything is knowable in one second. And why yeah. are we still following this old old paradigm? So. You know, this yeah. might be a disruptor and a disturber, but I I'm good at disturbing education. I think it. <laughs> I keep saying I it's, love that about it's a, you. I love a, that about you. It's a tear down, not a Reno job, man. That's good. Let's disturb education a little bit more.
3: Yeah, and I can't think of anything better than AI as a learning opportunity, right? Of yeah. all of our values, our morals, what what's important to us? What do we want to prioritize as meaningful? There's so much rich learning here as we navigate
0: it. So, yeah. I I don't even think, you know, to your point, when you think about parent education, you know, values and character traits, you know, these, these are things that parents don't spend a lot of time thinking about. And I think that as we've seen a decrease in like, where would you have learned those things? I guess is is one of the things is you probably would have learned it in your spiritual home. And because Mm -hmm. we have a huge decline in organized religion for the good or the bad, um, no one has come in behind and said, where are you going to get that education? If you're not, you know, parents aren't doing it. Schools aren't doing it. Um, people aren't showing up to, to, to organizations that have that as a, core teaching thing it's it's falling it's falling through the cracks and uh and and i think it needs to come to the fore and this is a really great example of you know using the value of um well let's name some values that could come up over over plagiarism on a on a paper okay Okay. well
3: let's skip to i have that yes on oh good let's talk about so on the number nine but we'll just bump it up sure is so yes plagiarism and cheating are as old as time like that this is not a new consideration i mean that we've always had to deal with it as soon as you know probably chipping away at the tablet are they copying totally totally it's it's not a new dilemma so this we've always had to deal with that but i think in terms of other values is i i've heard which is a little bit alarming um that chat gpt may become the new go-to of where to get information rather than google or other search engines so the morality around that is that this is on the backs of you know biases that are already within society are where are we getting our information from is it accurate I'm, i'm even thinking of the lawyer who was disbarred by citing some fake um cases that chat gpt had created and he used those in a court case and it came out uh, and he lost uh he got disbarred so there's real big time considerations here about where we're getting our information from and then also um when we're using some of these tools where is that taking away from you know like the writer's strike is an example of of um you standing on the backs of other people's creativity or thinking or intellectual property where are we accessing our information so i think those are big topics to talk about with our kids and considerations how do you know this information that you're getting is accurate unbiased Um, is it benefiting humanity (laughs) yeah these are big considerations
0: yeah i mean you know i'm just thinking uh, like a hot topic if you put in like in the psychological realm one of the big hot topics is whether or not transgendered kids should have the right to access um drugs and and surgeries at what age can they decide and if you're going to put that into chat GPT or you're not, you're going to, it's going to be the person who has the biggest website that could be paid for by dollars by, you know, people that want to fund large amounts of money to shut that down. And so you're yeah. not, you're not getting a, an unbiased answer to that question, right? Yeah. Very, and we don't know
3: with the dark web, what's being entered, right? information being entered. There's a, like, we really don't know where some of our information is coming, it's
0: coming from. from right mm-hmm. and so yeah. and, and and we've seen that where people then suddenly go down a wormhole and they go from from thinking you know hearing the negative side of vaccinations to the next thing you know the queen of england is a lizard and she's a shapeshifter and the, and the world is flat and you think that could never yeah. happen to me you think it could never happen to me but all of us have somebody in our larger sphere that's a friend of a friend where you go like wow that person just like lost their mind and that's all yeah. through the power of persuasion and the fact is we we are thinking machines and we can be persuaded. Like yeah. I hate to like we are. We're vulnerable. We are vulnerable yeah. to persuasion. And yeah. this is piece by piece by piece. If therefore then that's the brain is also a computer and you can lead us down into a thinking thing that can really that really does worry ethicists about AI. And it and that mm-hmm. does worry me too. Mm-hmm. As as somebody who knows how the brain works and how the brain can be tricked.
3: Yeah. Yeah. That's my biggest concern as well. Yeah. And just just uh you know, racial bias or oh, patriarchal huge. values, like those, those are just going to be ingrained in there, yeah. right? So um
0: and, Yeah, so I would people, think, and you and and you and I, because we're having conversations, we're gonna be more apprised, we'll be more aware of that. But I think people not having the conversation, um, you know, go back and see point one of the sheet. Yeah. or not <laughs> not following tristan harris you right know? exactly yeah exactly yeah. um okay so sorry i i pulled i pulled you a little out of uh a little that's out of, okay um so uh, ongoing conversations yeah it's not a one and
3: done you yeah. know it's like you you already alluded to that about the 16 year old going on the date you're not having the sex conversation that one time mm. where we're having these conversations ongoing. So I would really encourage parents, what's the latest news on AI? Like, let's talk about the writer's strike. Or I just pulled an article that there's a model, a 25-year-old Spanish model who's AI created, like not a person, making $10,000 a month. And people are in love with her. You know, let's have discussions about that. I watched deep fake videos of Tom Cruise with my son. And we yeah. were like, we were like, whoa, they look so go Google deep fake Tom Cruise, watch them. You'll be blown away. It looks so, so real. real, so real. And so we talked about like, wow, like people could, this could be really harmful. Like they could, you know, if someone wanted to do this to you, they, you could get charged with a crime. Like, it's just, it's like, wow. Yeah. This is so realistic.
0: Yeah. And, and I love to just in the, in saying that it's an ongoing conversation Again, this isn't like... With that equanimity you talked yeah, about. You yeah, yeah. Like, what do you think about that? And did you hear, let's look at it together and like it, co-experiencing this as it grows, like a family mm-hmm. project.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Otherwise, I'm just talking at Adam, he's going to go mom deaf, right? It's not,
3: that's yeah. not, and it's not going to help us connect. And I'm going to be treating him like he doesn't have a brain in his head and that he doesn't want to do well in his life. <laughs> like, of course yeah. he does. <laughs> of yeah. course he does,
0: Yeah. And, and chances are they're spending more time, you know, discovering and exploring and finding these weirdo things anyways. And we want them to bring those to us, right? Because mm-hmm. they might be, they might be finding it and living in it in their world more than we are, but we still yeah. do have executive functioning where we might have more years experience to help process what to make of that.
3: Hmm. Mm-hmm. 100%.
0: Yeah. 100%. Uh,
3: so what about modeling? Yeah, modeling what you want to see. So again, that kind of relates back to the first one is see what you think about chat GPT. What is what are your feelings about it? And then just like modeling, if you don't want your kid on the phone 24-7, we're gonna, you know, not have our phone at the dinner table or we're gonna have some parameters around phone use so that we're showing our children, you know, our we're all social beings and mimic each other. You know, you yawn, Allison, I'm gonna yawn. Like our brains are wired to mimic others and our kids are no different they're wired to mimic us so if we want to show oh i'm only going to use chat gpt to just spark some creativity but i'm still going to use my voice i'm still going to write this myself um then i'm, I'm going to model. i'm going to be talking about that out loud i'm going to be modeling that and i'm going to be showing what my values are um because i think that is the most powerful way we teach our children is to model what we want to see more than any conversation. It's a show, don't tell. Yeah.
0: And and it doesn't have to necessarily be around your chat GBT AI uh interface. I mean if you go to um uh the grocery store and you had a case of of pop on the bottom shelf of your grocery cart and you forgot to ring it in and you get to the cars you're unloading it, and you're like oh wait I didn't put that on the belt I don't think she ran that in you're like oh well got away with that one it's like no you you go back into the store and you say oh my gosh I'm so sorry I almost shoplifted I I owe you for the because it shows you that honesty and integrity are important to you. And you'll take the yeah. extra mile for that. And that's going to translate into all areas of your life. Right. A hundred percent. They're watching yeah. all, the all, the
3: all the time, all the time, all the time. They don't miss a thing. Don't but- miss a thing
0: yeah we think yeah, and it's even with the young kids, I, I I'm amazed at how much even preverbal kids can just pick up, even though they can't talk and we think that, oh, well, if they can't talk right? they can't be understanding this. and then their brains are like exploding. They absolutely are putting stuff together rightly or wrongly, but they are watching and interpreting yeah um, so ttFt, one of my favorite illyrian uh, underutilized hey so take time for training. take
3: time for training super hands-on in the beginning and then as they're showing responsible use we're we're moving back in in handing over some of the responsibility to them uh but you know being there and and showing what we want to see and where they're going to use it and how they're you know have we really been
0: explicit yeah. And, and, and um, I think parents think, oh, God, I don't have time for this, right? That's always the big thing. Oh, I don't have time. Oh, you expect me to manage this, too? I got to do this and do that. Now I got to manage. But really, it's the idea of no, it's a short. The, the, hopefully, if we do it right, we are fostering that handing over of responsibility.
3: And, you know, family meetings, another one underutilized. We can have these conversations at a quick, even if it's just family dinner. Yeah. So much we can discuss at family dinner and kind of chalk those lines, you know.
0: I find that that if you can do and I bet you do this a lot in your work, you know, um, about being the parent you want to be when you get parents into the right mindset. A lot of these things aren't like disciplinary action. These are actually to me. This is the stuff I love about parenting. I love the conversations. I love the exploratory. I love understanding what my kids are making of the world. And and it it doesn't it, it doesn't have to be like one more thing to manage and one more thing to supervise and one more thing no. to get up on. Like it's it really, like I said, can be a project if you come at it with that you know, kind of happy collaborative zeitgeist or whatever.
3: Yeah. And you're having this incredible connection talking about something very interesting with your
0: kid. Then you're not counting the minutes to bedtime, you know? Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I love the take time for training. Now tell me about role play because that isn't one I had actually thought of naturally.
3: Yeah. So, you know, kind of having maybe some scenarios like what would you do if some friends knocked on the door wanted to have play with you and you're not done your homework, you could crank that out in 10 seconds. Like, what are what are you gonna do? That's you know, you're gonna face these dilemmas and have these temptations. How are you gonna how are you gonna manage that? And they're saying that even cheating. You know, if we go back to cheating, that kids are more likely common sense media. Again, another statistic is kids. I think it is three times more likely to cheat um, with using chat GPT or AI if, if they're already using it,
0: using ah, it, that, they'll, that they're more likely to turn over to the dark side and use it. Yes, for Ill, it's Ill, like, Ill, like the gateway to cheating,
3: <laughs> the gateway to cheating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just sort of like, how are you going to know where the line is? you know, and work, maybe working through some of those scenarios with them or another role play is what do you think if you're doing this over and over, what skills do you think you might be missing? Like kind of playing that through, like what you might, you be missing out here if mm-hmm. you're always using this. So kind of getting them to think through the consequences, which might not, you know, developmentally be there for them.
0: All right. So here's the situation just came up for me. So I'm going to put this out here to you. Parent uh, says, I got an email from a teacher. Teacher says that um, they uh, sus- they are suspicious that this uh, essay or homework was done by Chat GPT. And um, the parent looks at the work and sees like a particular word that's like, you know, four syllables long and a word they've never heard their child use. So there is something sort of egregious. Um, what do you advise a parent to do when you get an email from the school like that?
3: Well, let's go to number two. Get curious instead of furious. <laughs> start there.
0: Okay. We don't.
3: We don't want to, you know, go in there like guns ablazing. So right. we want to start from a curious place and say, you know, I've I've heard there's a lot of temptation to use these tools. I hear it's very rampant in schools. Like were you tempted to use that here you're not going to like set it up where they're going to feel in to be defensive like we're yeah. going to kind of approach it with an leading with empathy like i could see why someone would be tempted is is that what happened here um and then they would have to make amends like if they if they did cheat it and the rules were the other thing were the rules clear at school about what they can or cannot do yeah um, yes if there was good point if, good point if there was clarity at school and they definitely crossed a line then in some way they have to make amends so show their learning uh in another way and and uh, I, I always want to help kids do better and if they're going to to have a quote-unquote consequence or a limit Is it going to help them do better the next time versus Mm -hmm. is it shaming? Is it just going to make them go further underground and get sneakier? Uh, We don't want that. You know, we want them to realize, you know, maybe this wasn't the right approach and I need to make it better.
0: Yeah. I love that because I, I, I feel that, that, the, for me, getting across the idea that I've always got your back and that humans make mistakes and mistakes are opportunities to learn rather than it's defensive. You screwed up. You, you know, you need to have a consequence, which a lot of parents really just say is be, you have to, you have to be punished. You have to feel bad about it. And they just can't believe a kid could learn and do differently and progress if they didn't have like Ouchy feelings, right? And and work <laughs> I
3: actually think they do better and progress without the ouchy feelings. And research supports that. and crappy and shame they feel. that it's you're just gonna get on a spiral with that. And that's my experience working with families as well. It's just it, you know, maybe before that punitive approach worked in the good old days, right? As Jane yeah. Nelson said, because compliance was modeled everywhere, and that was what's happening everywhere but it's not anymore you know my my mom was compliant to my dad my dad was compliant to his boss people were oppressed everywhere so you know coming in hard probably quote unquote worked so to speak like maybe the behavior changed but are we really teaching the skills for the child not to be tempted the next time are we really helping them do better And so that's my philosophy. And can there can be positive consequences to setting a limit?
0: Uh-huh. uh-huh yeah we'll give we'll give an example so the people understand what you're saying
3: so i have permission to share this story but our son said to someone on the playground the world would be better if you were dead because they were dissing they were in that kind of adolescent boy puff up like you know and you can just imagine how horrified i was as a parent coach and a teacher to get the st- you know the parents coming to me i'm getting a stink eye i was mortified but Long story short, our son fessed up. He said, yes, I did this. I asked the teacher to intervene at school and ask him what, because it happened at school. And he did all the things I hope. He told the truth. He cried. He was remorseful. He took full responsibility. So once I knew what had happened, um, I asked him, well, you know, what can we do to make amends here? Would you be willing to play with this boy and find out why it is a good reason for him to be here on the earth which he did and made a card of the top 10 reasons why this boy was uh, a good friend to him so there was still a limit but my most important criteria is it helpful and going underneath the behavior I found out he was actually really struggling with adolescent male like puffing up and the whole like what's it mean to be tough and strong and a boy that's not a little boy anymore now I'm moving into adolescence what does male look like as an adolescent so exploring that with him he was recently in a CBC documentary about masculinity and part of a boy's group so like it t- I I found out what's going on underneath. The behavior and supported him around that, and it became like this whole big thing for him, where he really grew and got to explore what it means to be a young man.
0: What so. a great example of the power of being curious rather than furious! Because look at what would have been lost if you just would have gone to to, to consequences, punishment, not getting under to that next level. That's brilliant. Right. And, That's and if I'm brilliant. using
3: force and aggression to tell yeah. him to not be forceful and aggression, I'm modeling what I don't want to see. Yeah, right.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> and I i mean, he knew. And then I asked him to, to finish that story. I said, on a scale of zero to 10, how do you feel about what happened? And he said, eight. And I said, what would have made it a 10? And he said, if I hadn't have done it in the first place. Yeah. Right. That's what we want to hear.
0: So powerful. What a great example. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Well, listen, I am so thankful that you put time aside. I'm sure parents are going to find this super, super helpful. Um, Is there anything that you wish that I would have covered with you that is left unsaid? Because I want to make sure that as we wrap up that you're feeling complete.
3: Yeah, just that parents, you know, not to give themselves a hard time if they haven't addressed this topic, that you know, it's never too late. And and just to to get started where you're at and not to feel horrible or like you've dropped the ball, or you're a terrible parent. It came, I'm a parenting expert, it came at me like a tsunami. So just to really give yourself grace, be kind and compassionate to yourself and, and, you know, start where you're at. um, And that it's never too late. And yeah, I would say that's the biggest thing just to encourage parents.
0: It's beautiful. And in keeping with, with your whole brand, really, and and you, the spirit of you as well, um, so people will love the spirit of you and want to continue following the spirit of you. So let me turn this over to you. T- take take the stage here and like so. do, you, do you, Tell us where you got websites. You got you got, you, Tell tell us all the things. Yeah, yeah. The parents can connect and and keep going with you.
3: Yeah. Well, my name is Valerie T. It's spelled T-I-H. And my company is Joyful Coaching. And Joyful has two L's because full of joy. I want people to be full of joy in their home and with their families and with themselves. And so I'm on Instagram under joyful coaching and LinkedIn, all the Facebook, all the socials and my website is www.joyfulcoaching.ca they can find me there i have some free downloads for people and i have a in my other world you mentioned the enneagram in my intro i love helping people the enneagram is basically a tool to help people show up to be more present if we're going to have a relationship in our parenting as the main way that we guide and help instill good values in our children then we need to be showing up but we have certain blind spots that keep us from showing up as much as we would like and to fostering that relationship so the enneagram is helping parents discover those blind spots in a compassionate way And I have a course starting in January, January 15th. And your listeners can get a 20% discount with the code Allison. Thank
0: you. And I I don't know if the course that you're presenting in January is the one that I took with you, but I will Is it? it? Okay. So not only can I fully endorse that this is a fantastic course, but then it also led to a lot of post-course lunches and dialogues (laughs) because because everywhere you go there you are in relationships with other people not only your kids but your partners and your boyfriends and your bosses and you learn so much about yourself it's such it's so good so so good all the people and
3: yeah and they don't need to be afraid of what they'll discover because the enneagram is such a compassionate tool of Uh, helping you transform maybe some of those blind spots into your greatest
0: parenting gifts that you bring forward to your family so yeah yeah. i'm i'm happy to let my let people know and so we'll we'll put all those links in the show notes so people can and the
3: download for the what we talked about today we'll have that in a summary
0: great great and thank you for the discount code that's sweet of you all right well now my friend i have to let you go but start thinking about what we can talk about next because i will have you back on in a heartbeat you're just a wealth Mm -hmm. of knowledge and yeah I, i i love i love talking to you um, about anything. But I guess for the podcast, we'll keep it with an Adlerian Enneagram parenting. But <laughs> okay, okay. But I know you have way more topics. You are just
3: amazing. Thank you so much. Uh, thanks, Allison. I really appreciate the work you do in the world and how many families you help.
0: Oh, back at you. Till the next one. As you know, it takes a village to make a podcast, so thanks to my team, including Max Cotter, my editor and technician, as well as the crew at H2O Digital. This podcast was recorded in Toronto, Canada. We acknowledge the land we are meeting on is the traditional territory of many nations, including the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Anishnabek. The Chippewa, the Haudenosaunee, and the Wendat people, and is now home to many diverse First Nations, Inuit and Métis. We also acknowledge that Toronto is covered by Treaty 13 with the Mississaugas of the Credit.